0: and rest. Whether you're a busy professional, a stay-at-home parent, or anyone who wants to live a more focused and balanced life, this show is for you. Join us as we discover how to live exceptionally, finding freedom and rest along the way. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson.
1: I don't know if I should call you deacon, prophet, or teacher. So good to have you. Very honored to have you with us, Philip Watson. And before we get started, can you go ahead and share a bit about your background and ministry?
2: Well, first of all, it's an honor to be here. Thank you, Dr. Yvonne, for having me. I'm excited to be on the Dr. Yvonne Thompson show. Amen. Um, I've checked it out and I like it. And I just want to say, keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, With that being said, my name is Philip Watson. Um, I'm a member of Crusaders Church, um, deacon, prayer leader, um, different things I do there. Um, I'm also a a youth pastor um, when I'm not at Crusaders. Um, I'm a youth pastor at near West Vineyard Church, as well as um, I'm on the staff at Hubs Ministries. Um, I also do various things all throughout. Um, all across the country, uh, ministering, deliverance, counseling, preaching, prophesying, casting out devils. Can I say that on this broadcast, on this plan? <laughs> this is the rest broadcast. So dealing with things that will help bring you rest. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. <laughs> I forgot to add your title, intercessor, supreme intercessor.
2: <laughs> supreme. No, she's supreme. Yes,
1: yeah, she's supreme. <laughs> <laughs> Relate.
2: I'm just joking (laughs) you all.
1: Well, today we're talking about emotional pain, how to overcome deep emotional pain. And I know with your wide background as it relates to inner healing and deliverance and intercession, uh, this is something that's close to your heart, something that you do extensively. Uh, A lot of times not even related to the ministries that you belong to, but just from a personal perspective, uh, the significant, uh, ministry that you do for people just even walking down the street. Um, what do you think uh, contributes to so many people and even particularly in the body of Christ, uh, con- what people carrying emotional pain and deep emotional pain?
2: So that question, I want to make sure I answer it very accurately.
1: What though. contributes, what contributes to people, particularly
2: believers carrying so much emotional pain? Hmm. There's a variety of things. um, When you even look up the word pain, um, and there are a couple of even words concerning pain that are in the Bible. Um, One of them, um, I'll start from a believer's perspective, is with Jeremiah. And when you look up that word pain in Jeremiah 15, 18, and Jeremiah talks about how he's so filled with pain. And so what ends up happening is... um, Pain takes an emotional toll because the emotions have to do with the mind, has to do with the will, has to do with the emotions, the emotions having to do with the feelings, having to do with the senses. Now, we as people, we were never really made to experience pain. And what I mean by that is pain came in through the fall, through the fall of Adam and Eve, what when how do we know that pain came in through that we know pain came in through that because in revelations God speaks about it coming a day where there would be no more pain Um, pain came in through the birthing okay well one of the ways pain came in was through the actual birthing and birthing children and so pain again was not something that we as people uh, were ever destined to walk in But as a result of uh, the fall in sin, pain ends up coming in. So with the pain, as the pain came in, um, now our hearts are a little bit different um, because of the whole sin thing. And so now we began to start to feel things that we were never made to feel. We were never uh, destined by God to feel. And so when pain comes in, Um, comes into the heart, being that we're emotional people, uh, we're people that can feel. I tell people all the time, there's no one more sensitive than God. God can feel everything. And we were made in his image. And so now when those things come and hit our heart, um, come in there, it has such an effect because the Bible says um, out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. Every single thing comes out of the heart so when pain which we were made for hits the heart now it affects every single thing in our life because the heart is the epicenter the heart is the center of every single thing so now we're processing we're seeing I don't want to get too far ahead so let me let me let me slow down now cuz I I love talking about this type of stuff no that is
1: awesome I'm like I need to just let you talk for the rest of the time and I ask you any questions
2: (laughs) I'm sorry to stop myself you I get so not divine I just want to say you know for the bottom of my heart like I'm so one of the reasons I'm so excited about about this is because um we started doing deliverance or um in and some things that some people may say is inner healing we started doing this um on our own In 2014, we started in a church in 2012, but then two years later, a couple of friends of mine, we got together and we started doing it outside of the church as well as ministering in a church. And that opened the door to me being able to sit down with people for hours. I'm talking about hours. I'm talking about sometimes, no exaggeration, sometimes nine to 10 hours. Seriously, and mm-hmm. well you yes and and from all around the world not just in Chicago I mean we've known people overseas you know and right. when you sit and you hear the death of what people are going through there are so many people that are in pain they're like like seriously from different things whether it's um uh, the pains from being raised you know yeah. their childhood. You know, we each other and father. Yes, the child, tra- the childhood trauma. Some people had a great childhood, but they ended up dating the wrong person. So yeah. relational, you know, and uh, that could be a heartbreak. Sometimes it wasn't dating the wrong person. Right. You know, that person might have get snatched up and they got raped. You know what I'm saying? So you have the pain from that. You have the pains that come from on your job. You know, when people are working on their jobs, sometimes getting betrayed, sometimes looking up and wait a minute, I'm losing my job. Or this person who was who was over me. All of a sudden they they, they did this like you have the pain that comes from friends. You know, right. I know um um one story that pops out is is a lady. She was just happy to be with her friends and then they go in a trailer. Her friends take her in a trailer um and next thing you know in the back of the trailer they're doing an actual satanic sacrifice she doesn't know at the time until they tell her to lay down and then she lays down and then they begin to tie her down and begin to do all of this satanic stuff to her seriously and then it began to produce a cycle so you have so many different factors of pain some people the pain even that um um we've ministered to people there's such a pain that maybe they feel from their country, you know, their country, the the pain from government, the pain. We know COVID brought in another type of pain because of uh, that pain of grief, of yeah. losing loved ones. So many people were dying. Like we already know we could suffer, you know, when we lose someone. Right. And that that hurts all of us. But, you know, when the COVID door opened, you know, it like accelerated death. And you're seeing all of these things, you know, the hurt that you see, there's so much hurt around us. So Mm -hmm. there are all of these contributing factors that, that we've had to hear and I'm probably leaving some out, you know, because so much. Yeah, no, you touch on
1: so many different things and the, the weight of it. I think the church underestimates the weight that a lot of people are carrying. And when we go to Sunday service, it, Like the surface level in a lot of places, um, we're not tackling some of the deep pain. And that's why I believe that we have a lot of dysfunction in the church, a lot of bad behavior, not just in the church, but in any type of setting, because people are not fully equipped to navigate life, navigate the things that they may have experienced from the past or trauma, even as an adult. A lot of the things that you shared, those are just, I know, examples that touch the surface, how do you think the weight of this pain impacts a lot of people's view of the world and how they approach life?
2: Mm, that's it. That's great that you said that. So I'm going to use two scriptures, one that's a little common and one that's not so common, because when we minister to people, the one thing we do um is we like to keep everything centered um from the word now from the word. Um, we process, we do use things like science, you know, certain facts, statistics, things like that. But we always make sure we center everything in the word. Well, um, why do we do that? Because the enemy is always trying to release confusion. Sometimes that person can suffer from so many thoughts running through their, through their heart, you know, or through their head. And so what we do is we make sure we find a line that we can say, you know what? This is the dividing line right here. So we can always separate what is you, right? And what is the Lord? And then from figuring out what is you, we can figure out now if it's you or is it the enemy who's sounding like you, right? So in saying that, the the first verse is, um, I said it earlier in Proverbs chapter four, I believe it's 23, um, where it says, out of the heart, um precedes the issues of life like i mean he made it very clear but remember what he says in that verse he says guard your heart for out of it proceeds the issues of life in other words the lord understood that if there is not a proper guard that's set there for the heart then if the wrong thing comes in the heart it can influence everything because we see everything through the lens of our heart um if you do a study on the on the word heart you'll notice how many similarities it is between the word heart, the word soul and also when you look up understanding as well, you'll see so many correlations to where some definitions actually say that that the heart is the area where the soul is and vice versa. So some, some definitions say it's the seat of understanding. So if it's the seat of understanding, if it's the the, the place where you sit to understand things. Now I'm going to understand things through the place of my heart. Well, if the pain happened in my heart and the pain is not healed, then I'm going to understand things through the realm of my pain. So that's the one thing. The other verse that I want to bring up is in Isaiah 66, verse seven. It talks about a mother being delivered um, from, her, from the pain of having a child right it talks about um this uh her delivering this child and the pain associated or attached with it now what's interesting about this verse is when you look this verse up seriously when you look this verse up it's a word called cabal and this word cabal it's another word for pain because there's more than one word for pain in the bible this word actually means a rope okay It literally means a rope or a cord, all right? Or a band or a snare. A snare is a trap, all right? So think about that. Pain is also associated to a rope or a cord. In other words, when pain comes in, now it can begin to tie up that area of your heart. It also says in a definition that it can be a snare. Well, what was a snare? A snare was a trap Uh, in Psalms 91, when it talks about delivering from the snare of the fowler. Well, the fowler wasn't just any type of hunter. He was somebody who tried to trap birds from flying. Okay, so in other words, there is something that is on the inside of us uh, where we've been made to soar. And so what that pain comes and does is it releases a cord in that area of our heart. And now what happens is we're now fighting against something that's literally pulling us. We're fighting against something literally because that word pain again in Isaiah 66 verse 7 means a pain or a cord. And so that's one of the reasons why it feels so tough even to break it because there is something literally tied to that area of the heart. Wow,
1: that is some good teaching. Very good. Excellent. <laughs> no, that is so powerful. And the fact that, I mean, you're just uh, tying it back from the scriptures, the root words for it, and then how it impacts us in our daily walk. With that analogy that you gave about the rope, I'd love to see you tie that in in terms of how people view God then from that place.
2: That's good. That's good. So two things came in my mind. Um, the one with God first. How we tie God? Uh, how we our view of God? Going back again to Proverbs four twenty three. Out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. We view things from our heart. So now that co- that cord is there. We also see when we look up in the word heart and do a study how it says it's the seat of understanding. Okay. So now if I have a pain, the pain the rope is pulling me. I don't know that there is a rope associated with pain pulling me because it's invisible. Right. I don't know. I, I can't see it. And so now all I can do is see through my understanding. And so now what ends up happening is my understanding as I'm seeing pain, I see the situations, I see the issues. Think about what, what, what we may commonly say as people. We may immediately say, God, why are you doing this to me? Right. Yeah. Okay. We may immediately say this. this. This is even in scripture. Okay. I, even Job, it got to that point. You know, okay. we sit there and we wonder, God, why is this happening? Because we see this pain and we don't see the actual cord. So now we're sitting there looking at our view is beginning to be affected through our stress, through our sorrow, mm-hmm. where God never meant for us to interpret him through a lens of pain. He never intended for us. Actually, your your, um, show is so prophetic because think about it. Even when we look at the first humans with Adam and Eve, where were they at? They were in a place of rest. Right. That's where they were. They weren't in a place of pain. They were in a place of rest, letting us know that the first fellowship, the original fellowship with, with man, woman, and God was what? From a place of rest. Rest from a place of peace, this is what it was. And so what happened was the enemy brought in the what? The pain, okay? And so now when the pain comes in, it begins to now distort our view of how we see God from a place of rest. And so now we we can end up becoming anguished um, with him. We We can end up becoming sorrowful. And what do I mean by sorrowful? Well, we'll know that he's God, we know that he's with us in everything, but we feel like like a woe is me. God is taking this out on me. I love God, I bless him, and I just guess, um, I just need to go through this to show somebody else. And so now we're walking and we're down and, and things of that um, um, nature. But this yeah. is why um, we use the scripture because uh, we have to use the scripture as our dividing line to, to understand, you know, what is the truth and what is our old flesh reacting to this pain, which is causing us now to come up with the fleshly interpretation because we're seeing things to the seat of our understanding. So, yeah, I don't want to get too far yet. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> you don't have to apologize. This is so powerful. I'm just like, I don't need to talk. I think you just need to teach for the rest of the time. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, when you talk about, and you know, I love that analogy that you gave that I'm going to have to use in the future when you said about the garden, um, uh, cause in my book, I do talk about the rest from the perspective that God rested, but you just took it a step further in terms of with Adam and Eve, that they were in a place of rest. So not only was God setting the precedent for rest when he rested on the seventh day as a principle, not a doctrine that the same principle he put with uh, Adam and Eve, with them in being placed in a place of rest. It wasn't until later, where after the fall of man, where he says, six days you shall work and the seventh day you rest, that mm-hmm. it became something as a law, trying to instill the principle and the practice and that discipline because of that place of pain that the enemy exacerbated with the with, with their fall. So yeah. that's good. I have to look at that further.
2: Yeah. You, you, you ought to know what you just taught. I'm going to say this too. You just, that revelation you just shared just taught me something right there um, from the place of, I, I never realized that sin was so, so powerful that it affected that inner part of human rest so much to where mm-hmm. God says, I have to institute, yeah, for me, an actual command of rest, because that's how unnerving and how restless this thing that brought in, can, uh, that was brought in, can make us.
1: Yes. Amen. So what do you suggest to people who are suffering from emotional pain with that cord, with the skewed lens of how they're seeing not only life, but also God, and that's not what he intends for us, how then do we move from that place and begin to change our lens and overcome emotional
2: pain? I want to uh, preface my comment um, for this answer um, and say, uh, I am not, So I know some of you are watching this, don't know who I am. And so I want to make this very, very, very clear because I know sometimes the enemy can come in. um, Our own philosophical thoughts can come in. And so I want to make this very clear. What I am about to say, I am not saying that it is easy. Okay. Okay. I want to make this very clear. I also want to make it very clear that I understand that everybody has their own process and their own timing. Okay. I want want to make that very, very clear because our God is a God of comfort. Our God is also very patient and he's very kind. He's long suffering. Okay. So I want to say that what I'm about to say is an actual principle. I don't know what this principle will look like in your life as opposed to somebody else's life, but I do know that this principle will work 100% of the time as it relates with this, what I'm going to say. All right. Now it's this. The Bible says um, in Philippians chapter four, it talks about um, anything that is good. That is a virtue that is pure. That is lovely. What does he tell us to do? He says, think on those things. Okay. he says, think on those things. Now, why is that important? Because the heart that we were just speaking about, the Bible also says, that um, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, all right? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, thoughts come from the heart. Jesus talked about how fornications, robberies, thefts, murders, he says those things come from what? The heart. So we understand that the heart is the epicenter of where thoughts come from. Does it come from up here? Man says it comes from the brain, Okay. It doesn't come from the brain. It comes from the heart if we're using scripture. And so now, since we're using the truth of scripture and we know that the thoughts come from the heart, God has given us a practical way for our hearts to be medicated, a way that anybody can do. If the word says to think on these things as the word says, as a person thinks in his heart, so are they then we need to grab hold to this tool that God has given us called biblical meditation. Now, I've met people who would say, yeah, I meditate on the word. And then when I ask them, what does meditation look like? I find out they're not really meditating on the word. I understand, yes, we thinking is a form of meditation, but there is such a deeper realm we can go. The word meditate in Joshua one verse eight is from the word hagah that means to mutter, imagine, study, and ponder. In other words, um, when you mutter the word, you can mutter it meaning saying it over and over. You can imagine a word, all right. You can study, which we usually do, or or you can ponder. You're pondering. You're thinking on things. You're you're asking questions. You're wondering. You can do all of these particular things with the word. All right. Now, the power of that is this: Jesus says in John six sixty three that my words are what spirit, and they are life. I'm gonna say it again: my words are spirit and they are life. When we're going through particular things in our life. That pain, what does pain end up doing? Pain can bring you what? Low, all right? And pain can bring you low to a place of, if you're not careful, you can begin to develop depression. All right? Because it can bring you that low, all right? Now, in that, if something is being brought low, we need something that's gonna stimulate us. God's word is spirit and it's life. In other words, every single time that I'm taking it in, there's spirit that's being released into that area of my heart where there's emotional pain. There's life that's being released in that area where there's emotional pain, practical, um, give you a practical um, thing. For instance, um, uh, your mother abandoned you, left you. Okay, Um, left you in in. Uh, has a story where they they dropped you off at some orphanage and then they left you okay and they just left you there you didn't even know and so now you're just there okay and now it contributes to a lifetime of of just harm and self-harm and all of these things because you were originally betrayed by your mom so now when you get old you get in christ when you get saved You have your moment. Here you are, you're in the kingdom of God. But guess what's still there? That pain, how you were processing, because the Bible talks about we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Renewing is something that's ongoing. So our spirit has been made new when we get saved, but your soul needs to constantly be renewed. So now how is that seed of my understanding medicated Concerning what happened with my mom. So what I need to do is I need to start filling that area with spirit and with life. I need those things to start flowing into my actual body. I need living bread. I need I need living water. All of these things are connected to the word of God. They got to go in into these areas of my heart. Why? Because God says when, when my mother and father forsook me, then I took them up. Okay, there's scriptures like that. And so what we do is we begin to start muttering that thing. I'm telling you all, I have seen the effect of muttering, even my testimony um, when I first got saved. You know, when I got saved, I had weed bags in my pocket. I had I had cigarettes in my pocket. I had, uh, we, we talking about rest, right? Okay. <laughs> I had weed bags, cigarettes. I had one-shot bottles in my pocket. So when I come into the kingdom of God and I get saved, okay, oh man, I have a great moment. And then what happens? Reality hits, boom. How am I going to make it into tomorrow? That right there. My habit of how I've been living life has been this particular way, right? And so I didn't know what to do. And so I I knew my urges were coming. I knew it. And so I told God, I said, look, I'm going to grab a verse. And if this verse don't work, when I start saying it, when that urge come, I'm going to go and I'm going, you know what I'm saying? Go grab me some cigarettes or whatever, which we, I know start my whole cycle back. Because the cigarettes, then I want to go get some weed and I want to go get some alcohol, you know what it is. So I, I literally started saying the verse. Over and over. I was saying Luke 9, um 23, 24. I was just reading it, I was just reading it and saying it over and over. If any man wants to come after me, let him first deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. Like I was saying it over and over. Now, this is funny, right? Because as I was saying it over and over, it was kidding. Me. nothing open in the sky. Yeah. And no angel came down on me, or none of that. You want to know what happened? I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I know y'all thought it was about to be so real deep. I was about to say, I fell asleep. But I fell asleep for a while. So when I woke up, that that pressing from the urge was gone. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so now I live to fight another day. And so now what I started doing was I started doing it all the time. Having no idea at the time. Mm -hmm. That what I was doing was bibi- was a form of biblical meditation. I was actually doing the muttering part. I was muttering it not with not even knowing that I was muttering. And what the word was doing when it was coming in, it was piercing into my into my um piercing into my joints, piercing into my marrow, piercing into my thoughts, piercing into my imagination, piercing into the area where the soul is. Come on, this is Hebrews 4, verse 12. Amen. So these these are the things. And now my heart, I looked over time when I would just keep doing it. Like you know, there's a certain um, joy, a certain inner strength because I used to have suicidal thoughts. That was something that you know what I mean. I really dealt with. It was a real thing. I, I know the feeling of the oppression of where it feels like it's bombarding your mind. To where it's 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 like the enemy is trying to pressure you into doing the thing but you don't really know that that's really what it is you just feel like it's you and so I'm telling you you all I have seen the fruits of this yes we, we do these other things but I'm telling you applying biblical meditation learning how to meditate on the word of God think about this the world is using New age meditation for yes. try to to try to Same do what? heal from their problems. Right. They're, they're using it now. Their form, I mean, it's no, it doesn't I'm just saying, because you're not opening yourself up to the Lord in that. What I'm talking about is biblical meditation because the word is spirit and it is life, and it will release a medicine inside of your heart because God is committed to healing the broken in heart and bandaging up the wounds. Thank you for letting me go on that soliloquy. (laughs) It was an
1: awesome soliloquy. What would you like to share as your closing thoughts or, well, brief closing thoughts or prayer?
2: (laughs) I'm so so excited to be so (laughs) bad. But when you said brief closing thoughts on prayer or prayer or prayer, yeah. My brief, you all, um, Uh, as it relates with emotional pain um, I I really want to make a plea um, with you Um, Isaiah 9 verse 6 says Jesus is the counselor okay Jesus is the counselor Hebrews chapter 4 also talks about a great high priest who's different from other high priests because he suffered or was tempted in the same way we are yet without sin Jesus had the worst panic attack known to man. When you look up the word hematohydrosis, uh, uh, when you, uh, hematohydrosis is the actual term for where you have such a bad panic or anxiety attack to where your blood vessels burst. And so now it looks like you're sweating blood. This is what happened to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus understands. The, the human effect of pain, how pain can bring us low, how pain can do these things. I I am asking you um, in the midst of your pain to please reach out to Jesus to heal your pain. Try these things that he's given us like biblical meditation. I'm telling you the biblical meditation, find a verse, find a scripture that deals with that subject that you're going through begin to mutter it, say it over and over, begin to imagine it, begin to ponder it. I'm telling you, God will bring it to life and you'll begin to experience some inner peace and inner healing in that area. I hope that was brief enough.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Philip. This was amazing teaching, amazing word, and really to the heart of issues as relates to emotional pain, where it comes from what we're doing to how we navigate it and how to overcome it. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining us for Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Each week we'll explore the secrets to living a life that is both intentional and fulfilling. We'll talk to folks that will share about productivity, mindfulness, and self-care to learn practical tips and strategies for staying focused, managing our time, and finding balance within a kingdom mindset. We'll also hear from people who have made the choice to live exceptionally and learn from their experiences and insights. Connect with Dr. Yvonne by signing up at That's elici.org. That's E-L-I-C-I dot Until next time, we're praying that you find balance and rest so you can live exceptionally.